Welcome home to Voice of Praise. Uh, some we've got some people that uh, were have been away for a while, and you're back, and it's so phenomenal. It's just great to have you. And uh, you may be listening or watching, and maybe you've been gone from Voice of Praise for a while, and and we welcome you to be back and join us here right in the sanctuary. Uh, of Voice of Praise Worship Center. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to open them to Second uh, Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses one through seven is where I'm going to be reading my text from. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses one through seven. As you're turning there. Let me say as well that this past week uh, here at Voice of Praise, we had a blood mobile. And uh, it's one of the ways that we are extending our arms and hands out into the community. Thanks to everyone who came and worked in the blood mobile and helped out and donated blood. You made it very much a success. We had a total of people in the community and our Voice of Praise family, we had a total of 32 people to walk through the door Tuesday, which is max. That's, that's, uh, actually we were overbooked just a little bit, but it was a very good day and I want to thank you all so much. You can't imagine how proud I am of our church. Second Corinthians chapter five verses one through seven. If you have your Bibles turned there or your, your electronic device turned on, I want us to read the word of the Lord. The word says, now we know, now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. In that second portion of Scripture, there we find that that uh, that the Scripture says, Now it is God... Excuse me, verse 4. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up in life. Now it is God who has made for us every purpose and given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are far away from God. We live by faith and not by sight. Father, I ask that you, Lord, bless us with your presence. As we've read from your word, Lord, we acknowledge that Today, Lord, your word is given, written, penned under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But God, today we stand in need of your anointing to receive and apply this word into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and ask all things. Amen. And the church said, that was weak. The church said, amen. There you go. There's some key wordings that I want to uh, point out to you this morning. Has I preached to you a message that I simply have entitled Tent People. Now, a picture there in the, in the overhead is a picture of what you would see. I don't know that this necessarily is Israel, but Sarah and I were honored and privileged to see this. Some may, maybe some of the rest of you all as well, if you've ever been to Israel or any part of the Middle East. As you drive through the countryside, even though uh, many of those cities are very sophisticated cities, as soon as you get out into what we would call the country, for them, which is mostly desert, you'll see tents constructed much like the ones that are in the picture. And in those pictures, uh, in those tents... Uh, dwell of people that are called Bedouins, and and those Bedouins are desert people, and they live there. And you know, we may look at them and think, well, how sad these people are there, and they're homeless, and those people are there, and they uh, they don't have anything. But 
from what I understand and what we were told in our trip to Israel was many of those people are very wealthy people. They're very rich people, but they just live that Bedouin lifestyle. They live in tents. They're nomads. They go from place to place. They, there's not much grazing for their sheep and they'll, they'll stay one place for a little while. When the grass is grown, they'll pull up and they'll move to another. But they, they don't build houses out of mortar and, and block and stone and even wood like we think about. But they dwell in tents. Tents. Tents, tents. Uh, uh, I, I trust that that there's. It's not likely that any of you in this room this morning. Probably not even likely that there's very many people that are watching or listening by by means of social media that you are living in tents and uh, this morning unless you're camping. You know, uh, I remember when I was a teenager, we used to go camping. We used to go motorcycle camping. We would take our dirt bikes and we'd strap a tent onto the back of it and we would go up into the woods somewhere and we would pitch a tent and, and we would camp out and build us a big old campfire. But let me tell you, when we did that, there's, there's a couple of things that would occur. Number one, I can promise you it always was going to come a thunderstorm. You can't go tent camping without a rain. You can't go tent camping without a storm. There would always be a thunderstorm that would arise and, 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 so, and, and it would be a miserable night to camp in a tent because I never owned a tent that didn't leak. Maybe you have, but not me. But the other thing that, and the most important thing that goes along with that is as we would tent camp, uh, we always realize as miserable as a night spent in a tent could possibly be, you always realize that it's not your permanent dwelling. Most of you, again, in this room, you're not living in a tent this morning. Most of you watching this morning, you're not living in a tent. But most of us, if we do a tent, it's a, it's a recreational thing. It's not our permanent dwelling. It's not where we intend on taking up and raising our kids or our grandkids. It's not the greatest of accommodations. We just do it for fun. I don't know why we as people consider some things that, 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 uh, fun that are not necessarily fun. Like camping in tents. Or riding a roller coaster that makes us absolutely sick. Or doing some other carnival or amusement park ride that scares the daylight out of us. Or here in a few weeks there will be people that will go up to the gorge and they will leap off the side of a perfectly good bridge and plunge down towards the new river hoping that some rubber cord is going to catch. All of the slack is going to be caught up before they smack the water. Why do we get pleasure in doing such crazy things? I don't know. But we do. But we do. But a tent is not considered to be permanent. In the, in the Bedouin society and in the society that Paul is thinking about us, Paul wrote this letter to the church at Corinth. Paul's mind is not thinking along the lines of recreational or vacation, if you would, or as a sport of camping. But he's thinking more along the lines of a dwelling. He's thinking probably even along the lines of uh, of the tent. Of, because in his day and time, and even still today actually, the tent, the tabernacle in the wilderness, the tent of worship was, was very much at the forefront of his mind. I have no doubts about that. But here's the thing about it. The tent, whether it was the tabernacle in the wilderness or whether it's the tent that a Bedouin lives in or the tent that you may have went camping in, that tent is very portable and it's very versatile. And we think about Paul's charge that Paul's charge to his, his, his predecessor and, uh, we think about, about what, about what he said to Timothy when he said, Timothy, listen, sir. He said, you're raising up into ministry. And here's the thing, Timothy, you have got to learn to be instant in season and out of season to reprove and rebuke and to do it with all kinds of love and all manner of love. But Timothy, you've got to be able to do it when it's not convenient. You've got to be able to do it at the drop of 
of a hat. And you've even got to drop that hat if it's necessary. Timothy, you have to be willing to pull up roots. It's not any different than the message that Jesus said. When Jesus said to those that said, Master, what must we do? He said, you must go back, sell what you have. Give it all away and come and follow me. Get rid of your nets. Get rid of your fishing boats. Get rid of everything. Forsake your father and mother and come and follow me. You see, that's been the the message of Jesus Christ. From the beginning, if you would, He's calling for us to be able to pull up stakes, to pull up our tent stakes, and to follow Him. You see, the tent, as we read in verse 4, if you still have your Bibles open, Paul said, for while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Understand with me this morning that Paul's writing in what we deem as verse 4 is actually indicates the temporary status of our life. Now when I say that, you might, you might think about, oh yeah, I remember that old song, some of you that are older, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through, my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue, and, and we may think about that, and certainly that is true. None of us are put here in this dimension of life to be here permanently. Some have, some children have died at a very early age, just moments after birth. Some have died in their their teens. Some have left us in their 20s. Some have not made it out of their 40s. Some their 60s. And uh, there, there's some I, I've read recently that actually there was a lady that lived just down the road from us that passed away this past year. And if I, my memory serves me correctly, she was 104 years old. My goodness, can you think about what she saw in 104 years? But the, and we think about that, and we I think most of us realize and understand and know that this world is not this life is not intended to be our permanent life. We're tent people. We're tent people. We're here. In fact, James says in in his epistle, James says that life is like a vapor. We're here just for a little while, and then it vanishes away. But even in the sense of, even in the sense, let's take this just a little bit further, even in the sense of the things of life that we indulge in and we think about, when we begin to look at verse 5, it says, Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Certainly, again, Paul is referring to eternal life and what we refer to most often as heaven and dwelling eternally in the physical presence of God. But I want you to understand with me this morning that these tents that we live in, we are tent people. We dwell in these tents. These tents are made of flesh and blood. Some are larger tents than others. Some tents have more hair than others. Some tents, uh, well, they, uh, they, they, they have more mobility than others, but we all still dwell in these tents and these tents are here for a reason and for a purpose. You see, in this tent that I'm in, and, and uh, don't get anybody get the wrong ideas. I'm not saying that I'm getting ready to pull up and go somewhere else. That's not the case at all. But, but, but I realize these tents, this tent that I live in, this, this tent has to be subject. Listen to when, when, when the master calls, when the master says, go, I, that the tent stakes can be pulled and, and the tent can be moved. You see, even the tabernacle in the wilderness, the tent stakes could be pulled and the, and all of the hides, the badger hides and the skins that made up the tabernacle in the wilderness. It was as massive an effort as it was. I, I find as I study the, the, the principles of the tabernacle, that it could be pulled up and in just a, a very short notice, in a very short span of time, 
It could be pulled up and it could be moved and it could be taken to the next location and there it would be established just like it was before, only different. Understand, and I'm not suggesting that anybody leave the church, okay? I'm not suggesting that you need to move along. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is in your life and in my life and in our Christian experience, we need to realize that in a moment of time and at a drop of a hat and whenever God summons us to, we need to realize that everything doesn't have to stay the same way it is forever and ever and ever in our lives. We must realize that we're tent people. We're just put together of sticks and poles and hides and canvases and whatever happens in our life, God can pull us up if we will allow Him to and we yield ourselves to Him and He can take us into the next thing. You know what? You know what? Uh, we haven't had a whole lot of rain in the last few weeks, but we got a pretty good gully washer last weekend. Some of y'all remember that. And, and you know, but there, there's something about when you're living on dry land, you know, and, and everything's a drought, you know, it's bad. I don't like it when my grass is all turned brown. I like green grass. I don't like it when your garden's all dried up because you can't bring me any yellow tomatoes, you know. I, I, don't, I don't like it. The cucumbers get bitter, you know, and all that stuff happens. You know, I, I, I don't like it when it gets dry. But there's one thing about when, when it gets too wet, too much rain at one time, it turns into... Dry dirt turns into mud, and dry mud, or dry mud, wet, wet dust comes mud, and mud is stickier than dry dirt. And when mud gets sticky, then what happens is, if we get out in it, then we end up getting stuck. If we keep running the same place for too long and we keep doing the same thing too long and we keep standing in the same place too long, eventually we're going to get stuck. And God is calling us, God is calling us this morning to realize we're tent people. And what, what I'm saying to you is this. Let me, let me simplify it a little bit more. What I'm saying to you is this. God is not calling us to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over forever and forever and ever and forever and ever. He, yes, there may be things. But God is calling us to be people that, listen, the, the church is alive. If you look up the word dead and you begin to research the word dead, the word dead actually means something ceases to change. That's what dead means. Doesn't mean, you know, yes, in our terms, it's the heart quits beating and blood quits flowing. But, but, but when something is dead, it ceases to change. When a, when a plant, and Lord knows we got one sitting on our front porch right now, don't we? That thing, every, every time we think it's dead, I walk by with the water hose and I'll squirt some water on that thing. And next thing you know, oh, there's hope for it. It's come back out. And Sarah's just saying to me, why don't you just let it die? Just let it die. Just go ahead and die. Let it die. And I hate to, you know, I, I just walk by and squirt some water in it. And there, boom, it comes back. I just wonder how long it's going to keep doing it, you know. But the reality is, is when something is dead, when it, when that plant is truly dead, I can come by and shoot the water hose on it and you know what? It will not come back. When we cease to change, and I, and I, listen, the Word of God is unchanging. I'm not, no, I don't know to debate that with you. But when we cease to change, when we cease to advance in the kingdom of God, when we cease to let the Spirit of God mold us and shape us and create in us what God, in, in fact, the, the Word of God tells us a story about, about a potter, and that potter had a wheel, and I, I don't know a whole lot about pottery. I've had some relatives that have been into it, but, and I've seen at work before and, and those people they'll they'll have a wheel and they pump that thing with their foot and they'll throw a big old glob of mud on that wheel and, and they'll sit there and have and, and, and you know I you know my mama used to spank me for playing in the mud and there's people doing it for a living you know and, and they'll put that glob of mud on that wheel and they'll pump that wheel and they'll begin to shape it and they'll form it into something that ends up really being really pretty and they take it out Gatlinburg and they sell it for a whole lot of money to some tourists out there 
there. And, and but but I find in the scripture that the Bible talks about that that this has the the the, the pottery sometimes has to be broken down and it has to go back on the wheel of the potter and allow the potter to reshape it and reform it and to make it brand new. Listen, we're tents. God didn't expect us to be concrete cinder block houses. You build us, we're going to be built right here. And bless God, there's nothing going to move us. And you know, we used to sing that song, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. And bless God, I think a lot of people took it to heart. And they have failed to allow the Holy Spirit to move them and shape them into what He wants them to be. We're tent people. We're tent people. Those Bedouins over in the desert of the Middle East, those Bedouins, they don't build a house out in the middle of the desert for a reason. Because sometimes they're going to have to move on just a little bit further down the road. They're going to have to move a little bit further down the desert. They're going to have to pull up and move. And they can do that very easily. Listen, the tabernacle in the wilderness, it was, it was there and, and, and it was tent. It was made portable for a reason. God has called us to realize that if we will be tent people, if we will yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and we will allow the, and we will be flexible and we will allow the Holy Spirit to use us and we will allow the Holy Spirit to develop us and we will quit setting back arms folded and necks rigid and stiff and we will allow God just to move in our lives and change our hearts. Listen, I want to remind you again, I'm, it's, this message is not about me moving to another church. It's not about you moving to another church. It's not that at all. But what I'm preaching to you is it was about God changing our lives and God changing who we are and God changing what we're doing and God changing uh, us and taking us into different things that He is pleasing for us to do. We are living vessels. We are not dead. When something is dead, it ceases to change. But we are made, according to Scripture, we are made alive through and by Christ Jesus through the working of the Holy Spirit. We are alive. So therefore, I am ever more changing and evolving into what God has for me to be and has for me to do. And I want to serve Him in the fullness of His will. God, help me not to be stiff-necked, arms folded, and sitting in the same place forever and ever and ever, and saying, I shall not be moved. But God, help me to be that person that is saying, here I am, God. Send me and use me in whatever capacity He needs to. And we have a great future. If you'll go back to verse 5 in the scripture reading. It says, Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose. And has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Most of you all know that last week was a sad week in the Taylor house. We lost our little ugly cubicle car. Three hundred and three thousand five hundred and forty two miles on it. And now it ceases to change. Gears that is. You can put it in reverse, Larry, and it don't reverse no more. I can put it in drive, Adam. It don't drive anymore. I just went out the other day and just started it up and just put it in gears and revved the motor up just to listen to her just one more time. I had to roll back, unload it right in front of the house. It's sitting right in front nearest the road so everybody can see it when it goes by. It's like family, isn't it, Miss Sarah? I mean, it's like, it's like the family. I mean, my prints are, you know what I'm saying, are in the seat of that car. I've sat in it so long, you know. It's, it's molded and it fits me. You know. It's, it's a little car for little people. But you know what? 
We've been out doing a little car shopping. Oh, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. We've been car shopping. And as we went car shopping and looking around and, and, and finding all these, yesterday we went, we thought we had found the car. We found the car. We, 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 we just knew we had found a car. And I still believe they may call. They may call. And I put some, I knew the banks would be closed on Sunday. I mean Saturday. So I put some money in my pocket and that we had at the house. And I told Sarah, I said, well, we'll go. If we like this car, we'll pay a deposit on it. And we'll play this deposit on it and tell them that I will come back Monday with the check for it. You know what that deposit? Now, I didn't leave them my deposit because we didn't strike a deal. But you know, had I left that deposit with that car dealership yesterday, you know what that deposit would have meant? That deposit would have meant to me, because you know, you used to do, you used to do handshakes along the way, and, and that, that was a deposit in itself. And those types of deposits really are not all that valid anymore in the society we live in. But I was willing to leave a cash deposit with that car dealership to say, buddy, I'm gonna be back Monday with the check, you have the paperwork drawn up, and we're gonna take Take that car home. That deposit would have been a guarantee. And that, that deposit would have been a promise that I was going to come back. That deposit would be in, have been a commitment for us. And when we read verse 5, it says, It is now God who has made for us, made us for this very purpose. You were made for a purpose. I am made for a purpose. And He has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Yes, we can think about that. In the in the in the eyesight or the line of sight of eternity, that's proper and that's very much in place in this scripture. But I want you to know that there is a deposit that God made when He gave us the Holy Spirit that says that I'm going to take you into all the world to preach the gospel. You're going to go. You're going to minister. You're going to touch people's lives. You're going to impact people's lives. You, I'm going to use you. I'm going to touch you. Let, can I just preach to you right now for just a minute? Rick, just give me permission. He said, lay it on us. The difficulty with Christianity in the world today is Christianity is, has a consumer-based mentality. Christianity is about us. Christianity is about that, Lord, what can you give me? What can you hand me? What can you bless me with? What can I get? That is also spilt into the church, of course. But when we realize that rather than Christianity, when we can begin looking at it as not just a consumer... But we can look at Christianity as being a supply chain. We can understand. Let me tell you something. You can go to Royal King. You can go to Walmart. You can go to Kroger. You can go to Grant. You can go to any of your favorite stores anywhere around in this community, in this area. Let me promise you something. If they do not have inventory coming from somewhere else, they cannot give you anything. You cannot walk with any out, out of their store with anything. How much electricity came in the power lines? Just automatically. You hung power lines. Were there any electricity in them before you hooked them up to something? It had to come from somewhere, didn't it, AK? Listen, everything has to have a source of something. The only true something that exists as a source of supply for anything and everything we need in life is the presence of God. And God says, I'm calling you and you are not just going to be a consumer, but you're going to be the supply chain. You see, that's the responsibility of the church is to be a supply chain to carry the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ into everywhere we go. If I'm just... Listen. Now, if I just consume all of my life, I'm going to get fat as can be. You say, boy, you look like you've consumed a lot, Pastor. Well, I'm doing better. I've cut back. I've lost a few, you know. 
But but you follow what I'm saying? If we consume upon ourselves constantly, and, and we do not realize that, hey, I'm a tent. I'm a tent person. I'm a tent people. And, and, and God has called me to give out, to, to, to be on the move. God has called you and I, you know, that, you know, I, I, I mentioned that song. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I think that was 120, wasn't it? In the red back hymnal. I had a guy that I pastored in one of my previous churches. Uh, I, I th- I'm pretty sure it was 120 in the red back hymnal. Didn't matter. In any given Wednesday night, Carter was sitting on the front row of the church and he said, Hey, brother, you know, let's do 120. You know, let's sing one, let's sing 120. And a lot of times we did. I finally got to say, I said, Carter, we got to find another song sing, brother. But we used to say that I shall not be moved. But then, then us Pentecostals, we got, we got over, we got over into that. You gotta move. You gotta move. You gotta move. You gotta move. Yeah. When the Lord, He gets ready, you gotta move. You gotta move. You see, that's where we are as tent people. God's calling us to move out into the kingdom and He's equipped us with the Holy Spirit to go into what He has designed for us, which is the world that's before us. And I thought, I was thinking about, I'm praying for Whitney the other day, and I thought about what she, what she has been preparing and what she is really stepping out into because, you know, and I even thought about as much as I'm a churchman and I love church, and I like gathering in church. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not downplaying the assembly. I'm not downplaying coming together as a church. But nowhere do we really find. Yes, we, well, yes, it's you know, it's it's good for the brethren to gather together in the assembly. As some are forsaken, we know that scripture. But we find out the commandment of Jesus is to go. It's to go. Tent people. Tent people. Being able to pull up the stakes, wrap up the canvas, the nylon, the hides, whatever the tent is made out of, and being able to go when God says go. Now how do we do that? Well, we do that by faith. The Spirit is a deposit that enables us. But when we read verse 6, Paul talks about, Therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in this body, we are away from the Lord. And of course Paul is talking about dying. But he says, We live by faith and not by sight. Now, the Hebrew definition of faith we find in the King James wording in, in uh, chapter 11 and, and verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and it's the evidence of things not seen. If we're going to be people that are actively, actively be pursuant of the kingdom of God. Let me tell you this. Can I preach to you one more time? Okay, I got I got two yeses that time. A little bit weaker, but I got two. The kingdom of God is not heaven. The kingdom of God is this world that is out there before us. And the kingdom of God is all of everything that God has. Is heaven a part of it? Yes. But what is it? Well, I'm just trying to get to the kingdom of God. Well, we think about that as heaven. But really, the kingdom is out there before us. You see, because it's God's, it's God's will that every person be saved. It's God's purpose and His plan. That's why He gave His very best, Jesus Christ, for salvation, for, for a sacrifice unto salvation that all men, all women, every boy, every girl can come into the saving grace, the saving knowledge of, of, of God through and by the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. And in all of that, He did that. Not just that He could say that He did it. Not that He could decide I can write a Bible about it. But He did that in order that He could reach the kingdom. His kingdom, the kingdom of God is made up of people. We could preach to the rocks and 
Even though the rocks have capacity, we can, if God calls on them, they can, they can, the rocks can sing praises to God. I believe the winds and the trees can sing praises to God. But there's nothing, there's nothing as important to the heart of God about praising Him as the praises and the worship of His people, of His creation. So it's, God has called us. We're tent people. We're tent people. We're, we're, we're tents, but we're tents that have been equipped with the Holy Spirit. And we're tents that, that, that have to, we must, it's a mandate, we have to operate in faith. Well, what if I, what if I, what if I reach out to this person and this person rejects me? What if I minister to this person and this person turns me aside? What if I, what if, what if, listen, somewhere along the line we've got to, must realize, what if Kathy, Kathy was back there talking to me a while ago, uh, before service and, and she was talking about sharing and how much she's learning from leading the young adult group. What if, what if you waited until you knew everything, Kathy, before you began to lead the young adult group? You would probably never let it at all. But here's the thing about it. We must realize we are tent people and it's, the tent is ready to pull up and go on to the next thing and the next thing. And the next thing. Who knows, Kathy may be preaching someday. Who knows, Heath or, 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 or and Madison or who knows, Chase and Haley. Who knows, any of you all in this room. There may be someday that you're preaching the gospel. It may be someday that you're teaching revelation. It may be someday that God is using you on a missionary trip. It may be that someday God is using you to, to walk down here in grants and speak to somebody or to go into a hospital room with a a bottle of anointing oil and, and, and anoint somebody and pray for them and see them lifted up and see them healed. You see, when we're tent people, we're willing to move when God says move. And he says that we're just tents. Paul says we're just tents. It's impossible for us to serve Christ without faith. Faith is where our strength and determination come from. Faith is the source of our joy. We must have faith. At the best, we're tent people. Before you guys start playing, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try, I'm not, I don't, I don't sing enough for you, haven't I? But remember this one. I care not today what tomorrow may bring. If shadow or sunshine or rain, the Lord I know ruleth o'er everything, and all of my worries are vain. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in His great love. From all harm safe, in sheltering arms, I'm living by faith, and I feel no alarm. Tent people are faith people. Tent people are faith people. I was listening, Sarah and I was listening to some preacher this morning, don't have a clue who it was. And he was talking about he worked a job and he, he worked in this workplace for 16 years and he was trying to pastor a church and he, and he, and he physically it was wearing, wearing him down and he made a decision after 16 years to quit his job to, to go into full time ministry and he, people are telling him he was crazy. He had lost his mind. I can relate to that. <laughs> I can relate to that. Except I'd worked 21 years instead of 16. See, tent people can, tent people can respond to the call of God at the drop of a hat. Because tent people are people of faith. And tent people are equipped by the Holy Spirit. So it's, is it, is it not time that, that we begin to utilize faith in a, a visionary manner and we begin to say, uh, here I am Lord, send me. Is it not time that, that we can quit saying, 
No, I can't. I can't do this and I can't do that. But we'd be like that little train, that little train that, that, that says, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And then when he gets off of the top of the hill, he looks back. He look, I can see that train. He, 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 this was a Christian train, by the way. He hops over that hill and he, he looks at Jesus and says, I know we could. I know we could. I know we could. You see, his tents, his tent people, it's, it's unreal what God will do with us and how he will use us if we'll just be willing to be portable in his sight. Portable in his sight. There's many things in life that are stationary. Back years ago when I had my own, uh, I ran a body shop for a number of years because I couldn't trust Jesus. So I decided I'm going to find a way to supplement my income and I opened a body shop after I quit the company that I worked for. And I had a big old stationary air compressor. Great big. Actually, I had two of them. You know what? But when I would go out, when I would go out to pick up a car or something like that, and, uh, you know, with a rollback truck, I, uh, I couldn't put that big old stationary air compressor on the back of my truck, but I, I had a little portable air tank. And I would pump up that air compressor. And the air that was in that air compressor, I put it in a portable air tank and I would throw it up on the back of the truck and off I would go. And even though the air in that portable air tank didn't, did not at that moment come out of the compressor, do you follow what I'm saying here? You realize it was the same air? It was just some of the air that that stationary compressor had had pumped up. I put it in a portable air tank and I took it wherever I was going and I used that same air to pump up some flat tire. Do you realize in some means we could look at God and say He's a stationary source. He's unchanging. But if we will just let Him use us in a portable capacity... We can pump up some flat tires. Pardon my metaphor. We can pump up some flat tires. It's His air. It's His work. It's His Holy Spirit. He just says, I just need you to be portable. I need you to be tent people. Tent people. You may be in this room this morning or you could be watching live and and not know Jesus as your Savior. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I, I want to be very frank with you. He's not getting to use you in the capacity that He wants to. The most important decision that any of us have to make in life, first and foremost, is that decision of salvation. Of surrendering our hearts and lives unto Jesus. Believing Him as our Savior and allowing Him to save our souls. And with that being said, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. If you're in this room today and you've never been saved or maybe you've you've been saved but you've wandered a long ways away, you've been a prodigal if you would. If you're in this room and that's you, you've never been saved or you've wandered far away, I just want to ask you to do this and I'm not going to come to you, I'm not going to point you out or call you out. I promise you, I'm not here to embarrass you. But if you're in this room or if you're watching and you need to be saved right now, I just want you to raise your hand. Anybody in this room right now. Anybody in this room who needs to renew your life experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've backslid. You're a long way from home. I take it by that that everybody's comfortable with where you are in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you would die right now, if you'd walk out, if you'd pull out at the bottom of this hill and a car accident would take your life, you have everything in order with Jesus.
That's what you're saying to me. So this morning, I'm counting. I'm counting that you're sure that you know that you know. But I want to ask you this. If you all would stand with me just a moment. Congregation, you look this way. I don't want you to slip up your hand because everybody else is doing it. I don't want you to respond just because everybody else is doing it. But I want to ask you a question right now. Who in this room? Who in this room? Will raise your hand and say, Pastor. I'm willing. I'm willing. To be portable. For kingdom purpose. I'm willing. To serve God. In the capacity that he's calling me to. I'm willing for him to change my life, to change my direction. If you're in this room and you're willing, because we're tent people. Or should I say people? We're tents. Nothing about us is permanent. Except our souls, our relationship with Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in this room say, Pastor, I want to be submissive to God's will in my life. At any given time. Can you, will anybody tell me that in this room? Thank you. There's a number of hands. If you got your hand up, I want you to come down here and I want us to pray. If you didn't slip your hand up, we, I still welcome you to come down here and we're going to take a few moments of time and we're just going to pray and we're just going to believe God is just going to do some remarkable things in our lives. We believe that He's just going to touch and minister in every way. Yes, Lord, as we come to you today, Lord, we just know and and realize, Lord Jesus, that Lord, at the very best, we're we're just we're just tents, we're portable vessels, Lord God. As we come to you today, Lord, Lord, we we want to be, Lord, those people that says, "Here I am, Lord, send me." Here I am, Lord, send me. Lord, let us be people not to go back and to, to search, Lord God, and, and, and decide there's things that we need to do. We need to go back and bury the dead. And we need to take care of our, our mothers and fathers such as was given in Scripture, Lord, to help us to be a people, Lord, that we are, we're willing, Lord, to move, Lord God, in kingdom purpose. At the drop of a hat, Lord Jesus, in a split second of time, Lord God, we're willing, Lord God, to to move in obedience to you, Lord God. We're a people that are willing, Lord Jesus, to and, and submissive to your will, Lord. Lord, we will go when you say go. We will we will do what you say to do, Lord God. Lord, we will be your vessels, your servants, Lord God, holding nothing back, holding nothing back. We will not hold anything back from you, Lord. Because if we fail to, to if, if we hold anything back, Lord, we're being less submissive to your will, Lord God. We're being, we're doing less than you've called us to do. Lord, we, we will be less than you've called us to be. And God, we choose today, Lord God, to be a people, Lord God, that, that, Lord, that is willing, Lord, not only to receive But we're willing to distribute everything that you've called for us to distribute. We're willing, Lord God. We're submissive, Lord, to you. God, let our, let our, let us have submissive hearts, Lord God. Lord, remove every bit of selfishness, Lord God, out of our lives. And Lord, uh, we ask that today, Lord God, that we'll be a selfless people. Lord, we'll die to self. We'll die to our own self-wishes and our own self-desires. Lord, we will die out, Lord God, to our own ambitions. We will die out to our own means. And we will die out to our own motives. Lord, we will die out to our own plans. Lord, we will die out, Lord God, to our own means, God. And Lord, because today, Lord, we take the opportunity to realize, Lord God, that you have equipped us by the Spirit, Lord God, to be sufficient, Lord, only in you, 
Lord God. Lord, I'm not of myself. I'm not anything of myself. Because if I were, I would boast. I would brag. But Lord, I need you in everything in my life. God, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, not to set up permanent dwelling. Help me, Lord, not to set up, Lord God, uh, the atmosphere, Lord, Lord, that, that is seemingly immovable, Lord. Help my arms not to be folded and my legs not to be crossed, Lord God. Help me not to be planted, Lord God, in a position where you can't move on my life, God. But, Lord, I ask you today, Lord, make my heart pliable. Make my heart flexible, Lord God. Make me a person, Lord God, that is portable, that you can use me, Lord, and you can minister through me, God, that I can be an instrument, a tool, Lord, that will reach this world, Lord. Lord, may our, and our world start right there in our neighborhood. Our world starts at that person, that next person we will encounter. God, use me, Lord God. Use me, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord God. Help me, Lord God, to be mindful, Lord, that I'm nothing more than a tent. I'm a portable dwelling, Lord, that you choose to, to flow through. God, as I go from place to place, Lord, wherever my feet trod, wherever I will walk this afternoon, wherever I go tomorrow, wherever I may go any day of the week, this coming week, should you tarry your coming, Lord Jesus, I'm just believing God that, Lord, that my feet will be led and ordained and guided by the working of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, you will minister in my life and you will use me, Lord Jesus. Because I'm just a tent. I'm just a tent. I'm just a tent. I'm just a tent, Lord. I'm just a tent. We're just tent people. We're just tents where it dwells your presence. Bless you, Lord, today.